0: What a perfect day for the zoo. Is it sunny? Oh, yeah. 78, sunny. Midwest weather update.
1: Welcome to Book Talk, etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina from TBR Etc. And I'm Renee from It's Book Talk. This is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And today, we're giving you an advanced
0: preview of some of our anticipated summer reads. We'll share something that we've been loving lately, review our latest reads, and share upcoming releases we've recently read. If you enjoy listening, we'd love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And if you have a quick minute, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and sharing us on social media. It truly helps other book lovers find us. Hey, Tina. Hi, Renee. How are you? I'm good. I'm great. The sun is shining. Mm -hmm. And I'm always excited to sit down and talk books with you, but I am especially excited for today's episode. I love doing these, like picking some Mm -hmm. advanced copies and deciding which ones are going to make the list that we can bring and hopefully Mm -hmm. put on everyone's radar super early. Yes. And mine
1: are just, I was a singular of a singular mindset today. They are all three, actually all four of the books I'm bringing today are kind of thriller mysteries. Okay. So apologies in advance, but like, that's my mood. That's the summer. That's pretty much where I want to stay in summer is like, give me something thrilling and page turning. And ooh, those are my, and I, I think I deliver.
0: I really, really enjoyed both of my main picks for today. Okay. That's funny because my theme, which I didn't intend and didn't realize until after I was making notes, is debut. Debut. All of my books today, except my latest read, are debuts. So both my upcoming releases and my shelf edition, all debuts. Well, so my main picks that
1: I'm bringing, both are by beloved authors, which completely tracks because when I have an author I love, I'm like, I want your book as soon as possible I want to read it as soon as possible. Like, I'm not going to wait until June. Are you crazy? Or August? Like, no, I don't (laughs) think so. I'm going to read it now. (laughs) So yes, this episode always gives us an excuse to read early.
0: Okay, great. Well, let's get started. So I will go first with my loving lately, which I'm very excited to tell you about. And this week I'm bringing something called Vacay All Day All Over Face Set. Oh yes, okay. It's mm-hmm. a Sephora exclusive. And this is a, oh my gosh, this is a goodie bag. I love a goodie bag. Mm-hmm. Give me a a bunch of not, I mean, they're bigger than samples, and there's just a couple full sizes in this, but give me one of these all day long. And this is a summer ready set of mini and full-size makeup, skincare, and hair products. The price point is $44. I think that's a bargain. It's valued at $134. So what is in this little goodie bag is a full-size Inky List Caffeine Eye Cream, a full-size Tower 28 Shine On Lip Gloss, a full-size Tarte Surfer Curl Volumizing Mascara. Those are full sizes. Minis to try include Milk Makeup, Primer, a blue light and setting mist from Ilya, uh, Moroccan oil, hydrating styling cream. I love Moroccan oil. I think it smells mm-hmm. so good. There is a body lotion. And guess what? There is a super goop unseen sunscreen, which you love. I do and love I'm that. going to try. Oh, you've not tried it? I've not tried it. No. Oh, good. Okay. So I'm very excited that was in this package. Uh, there's also some self tanning drops. I have never tried self tanning drops, but I'm interested. I have actually no idea how those work. It's a, I mean, I guess you mix it with maybe a um, body moisturizer. Is that
1: right? Uh, I think they're for your face, if I understand correct. I think you can probably use it all over, but like that would be it's only for your face. Surface area. I think people primarily use it for their face. But like, Hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. I think you put one drop in your facial moisturizer, and that's what you put it on. And I say one drop because it's very apparently like potent. Don't okay. put like more than that.
0: Well, I wouldn't, my...
1: I wouldn't just want my face. to. Be well, now soft I'm kind tanned. of like, well, you, I think the understanding <laughs> is your body, like you'll be outside maybe at the pool and like a lot of people keep their face covered okay. from the sun. So this it. helps your face match the rest of your body. Although I kind of, maybe shouldn't have told you, you could have investigated and just, well, I don't want to Been like nothing. Nothing showed up from this one drop. <laughs> I don't know if it's that strong. I think we'll it's see. for your face. What okay. brand is it? What brand's the tanning drops? Isle of Paradise. Yes, uh-huh. Face. Oh, face. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. I've been meaning to try these. I've done a l- not a lot of research, but I've like eyed them from afar like, oh, I should really get those." Do I need them? Probably not, but
0: okay. Well, I mean, l- let me check them out for you. And then also Glow Recipe uh, has a watermelon glow dew drops. I think Ooh, it sounds mm-hmm. like a serum of some sort. Anyway, I'm super excited to try all of this. I love this. I love that Sephora puts these out so that you get a chance to try different products. So that's vacay all day, all over face set. I am very interested in all of those things. If you
1: don't like the Milk Makeup Primer, save it for me. I love it. Okay. <laughs> it's very grippy. It grips your, moist, your foundation really well, which I enjoy. It's actually, okay, I'm researching because now I had to. The Isle of Paradise, they're for face and body. So
0: I oh, guess good. you can put it on wherever you like. Well, good. Then I don't have to be uneven because I do to keep back. my face covered. I do like yeah, that yeah, mm-hmm. with a hat or something like that. But because I'm outside walking all the time, you're right. Right. I have such like my I have such uneven tan right. Parts, you know, exactly. like my arms are super tan, and then oh, it's just yeah. I need some self tanner for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: My loving lately is also very summery, and okay, this is is this our fifty second episode. This is a full
0: year 51st, of... first, right? 51st. Is it
1: 51st. Well, 50 plus episodes. I will admit, sometimes I'm like, what have I been loving lately? Have I've told you everything I love <laughs> over this past year. There's nothing else. However, I was trying to think of something that wasn't like a product, but I don't consume... Any media other than books, and I walk and I work and things like that. So it's been hard. So I took a look back at my week and realized my loving lately is a drink that I will be drinking all summer. Mm. This is the Topo Chico Margarita Hard Seltzer. So the seltzer is different. I am not a LaCroix person. I'm not like in general a seltzer person. And hard seltzers are fine. I will drink them, they're good for summer but they're probably not my number 1 preference. So I grabbed these cuz I saw that it said hard seltzer margarita. And I'm like, I live for a margarita. So let me <laughs> give this a go and see what I, you know, see what I think. I cannot believe how much flavor these things have. For 100 calories, it's very impressive. I would dare say if you put this in, the margarita one in a cocktail glass with like a tahini rim, you're going to think it's a real full blown margarita. It's a mixed pack, so you can't just buy the margarita flavor, which I wish they would sell that. But um, it's a mixed pack. You get pineapple, strawberry, hibiscus, signature margarita, and prickly pear. But they're all good. They all are very good, and it does taste kind of like a margarita. It's very refreshing, and I like that it's sold everywhere. Like they sell it at Target, at our local grocery store, Walmart. So it's not like one of these specialty setups that you have to like go to the liquor store to try and find. I think this is a really true mashup between margarita and seltzer. And I want you guys to go buy it so that they don't discontinue it. <laughs> <laughs> I should say they also have a ranch water kind that I want to try next soon. I've never had ranch water, but I know of it. And I'm like, okay, let me get the, the ranch water one next and see what I think. So this was the Topo Chico Margarita Hard Seltzer.
0: Um, guess what?
1: Did you buy some?
0: I actually did buy some yesterday when I ran oh. to the grocery. And here's why. We're at the neighbors the other day and she had some. And I said, I immediately said, I don't like margaritas, which I don't. <laughs> I don't ever order a margarita. And and so she was like, Well, these are really good. These are really yeah. good. I'm like, okay, I'll try the strawberry mm-hmm. hibiscus. It was tasty. Yes, it wow. was really tasty. Wow, this is saying something. It's saying Come something because I usually stick with high noons. If I'm going to have mm-hmm. a selt, like a um, a seltzer kind of light hundred mm-hmm. calorie drink, this was better than a high noon.
1: Yeah, <gasps> oh, it was. I'm glowing. I am glowing. Was. So I thought this was a real nice full circle because last year in our like. Gosh, it wasn't even our first episode. It was our teaser episode. Mm -hmm. We were all right. It's summer. We're in the backyard. What are you drinking? What are you reading? And I was drinking. I think it was a Sam Summer or some sort of summer. It was Summer Shandy. I think. Thank you, Summer Shandy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But and you had your your wine. I think. Right.
0: I still have. Now we've got a new. We've got a new drink of the show. So I'm excited. Right. That's a yeah. I never thought I would buy anything margarita related. I'm so. I'm so excited to hear you say that, really.
1: Because <laughs> I know how like you are with not how you are, but I know how particular you are with the drinks. You like what you like and like you kind yeah. of stick with that. I know. I'm glad we got you to try something different. I know. I like the name too. Toba Chico. Yeah, it's
0: really like mm-hmm. it's real cute. Yes.
1: It's very bubbly too. They're known for their like their soda water. It is very bubbly. It's yeah. Delicious. It was
0: and it but not fake sugary taste. No at all. No, I agree. Not. Okay. Well. Let me tell you about my latest read, courtesy of you, but also I was able to snag the audio. So way back in October, you brought me this book, and it is I Must Betray You by Ruda Cepedes. I was able to snag the audio, and it's narrated by one of my very, very favorite audio narrators, Eduardo Ballerini. Oh, wow. He's so good. And in case you didn't know, remember this was my shelf edition from episode 27 so i am bringing you feedback on that this is historical fiction and it's set in romania 1989 and this was about the communist regime which communist regimes across europe are crumbling at this time in romania That is not the case. And this is the story of 17-year-old Christian who dreams of becoming a writer, but Romanians aren't free to dream. They're literally not free to do anything. I had no, I really had no idea about this particular time in history and what was going on in Romania. The dictator is Nicolae Ceausescu. And he ruled for 24 years, and he was a tyrant. He governed by using isolation and fear. Everyone was under surveillance. Everyone became a possible spy on each other. They were not allowed to write, to, to tell stories, to speak about When I say anything, I don't think I'm exaggerating. They weren't allowed to read other people, like other countries' newspapers. They weren't allowed to talk about, let's say what's going on in America, American TV shows. Those were things that were considered contraband. So of course people were trying to sneak it and trying. they were trying to educate themselves about what was going on in the world. And Christian, I'm gonna call him Christian because it's easier for me when I'm reading my notes, but it, I'm, it was pronounced Christian. He decides he's got a secret journal and he is keeping notes, but he he has to hide. Every time he writes in it, he has to hide it. And this is very much based on a true story. The, I'm, very much. So he ends up being called in one day at school and they basically tell him that they found a dollar bill that he had in his possession, an American dollar. And he has no idea where it came from, but they basically use that and say, you know, you go to prison or you're going to spy for us. And Did you say the year was 1980? 1980 1989. Something? I was, and here's what's crazy about, when I, I kept thinking about this as re- when I was reading the story, I was 17 in 1989. Right, yeah. My life could not have been more different Wow. Than what was going on in Romania for for this particular teenager and everyone. And wow. So who they want him to spy on is an American diplomat. Turns out his Christian's mother cleans their house. So he has access to them. And they have a teenage son. And he kind of becomes friends with him. He is in a position to want—he wants to figure out a way out. And how can he have a better life? And yet, in within his own family, his grandpa, who I loved, I loved his grandpa so much, his grandpa did not want to follow any of the rules set forth by the dictatorship. But then his parents would be in conflict with his grandpa because they followed the rules. And it it was just, it was so conflicting. And it was, it created... So much suspense in the story because you do meet, you meet so many side characters, you meet people throughout and you wonder who is betraying who? Are they all betraying each other? It was really, really suspenseful at times, especially in the first 50%. Now, the story does go on and there's much to find out about whether or not Christian stays a spy, does he get out? What happens to his family? There is a lot kept me reading. I needed to know. However, I want to say about the fifty percent mark, it started to feel repetitive. The spying kind of stayed the same. I felt like we were like the story was going in circles. I did feel that I was hearing the same thing over and over again, and I think that that was part of the story. It just it stood out to me, I guess. So I would say that the pacing for me was off at times. Overall, I really, really appreciated this book because I, it, it was tough. It was tough to read. It was sad. But also, she writes like in such a way that makes it so compelling. So there was that. So once I finished, I was like, okay, I love her Write. I will read whatever she writes. This is my third book that I've read by her. It is my least favorite. Mm-hmm. unfortunately, but still good, still worthwhile. But I also went in with really high expectations. Right. It was your most anticipated book. I think it was one of them. One it of was them. one of my most because I loved fountains of silence so, so much. So that, you know, that's on me for, for going in with super high expectations, but it's still, it's very much worth your time. It's not super long. And that was, I must betray you by Ruta Sepetys. All right, my latest read was The Murder Rule by Dervla McTiernan. I wanna hear about this.
1: Yes, and I have to say, okay, one of the things we will be talking about later is what do we wanna know in advance of reading a book before deciding to pick it up? The synopsis for this one did absolutely nothing for me (laughs) at all, and I don't think it was a great representation of what to expect from this book because it kind of opens with this series of rules. First rule, make them like you. Second rule, make them need you. Third rule, make them pay. And the way that it's set up, I thought we were in for the main character to be this psychopath, a literal Joe Goldberg-level psychopath, and I don't think that is the case at all. I will say, I liked this. This was enjoyable, but I listened to it last week and had to like heavily rely on my notes because I was like, what was this about? (laughs) So I don't think that this is anything that's going to stick with me long term, I really, really did like the audio. It did have multiple narrators, Kate Orsini, Sophie Amos, and Michael Crouch. They were great. But I guess I just had some issues with the plot itself. You have Hannah Rokeby. She is a law student at the University of Maine, and she lives at home with her mom. They have a very complicated relationship with each other, and her mom, Laura, has a ton of problems. Um, and and really, Hannah kind of serves almost in this caretaker-type role, And one of Laura's biggest problems is alcoholism. She's really, really trying to fight it, not doing a really good job of that. And basically, Hannah decides to take a chance and to talk her way into working on the Innocence Project down at the University of Virginia. And that's what really drew me into this book. The connection to the mm-hmm. Innocence Project, because obviously what they do is to try and track new evidence down to exonerate people who were wrongly convicted. And I'm like, okay, I need to see this angle. And Hannah actually has a personal connection to one of their clients, which is what brought her down there, this man named Michael Dandridge, And she finagles her way not only into the Innocence Project, but does some underhanded things to be put on the case. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm listening up. I'm here. And Michael's on death row, and he's been in prison for 11 years, and this is his very last chance. And while we're finding this out in present day, we're also learning more about her mother via her mother's diary. Hannah came across this when they were like doing some things in the house, and she was like, oh my gosh, this diary is from when, right before I was born. And so she gets to see her mom write about these dramatic events that took place just before her birth while her mom was working at a maid at an exclusive hotel. The buildup was great, and I really enjoyed the beginning of both of these stories. Hannah did some things in present day that were pretty questionable, but I don't mind that. And in the the journal, actually, I was compelled too. So it was nice because sometimes there's one that you're like, oh, get to the point. But I mm-hmm. liked both storylines. I do think there were some good reveals. I liked seeing how it came together because they kind of look like, who is this Michael guy? What's the connection here? What's going on? You can tell the author has a background in law, I appreciated the courtroom scenes and she incorporated some of the legal terms and legal jargon. And I like that. My biggest issues were suspending my disbelief. Some of these plot points were so unbelievable. And it kind of just went outside the boundary of what I think I would expect for a normal court case. So for example, these law students who are volunteers are interviewing some Key witnesses off campus, like going to small towns, staking things out, and I'm like, okay. And they become very involved in the case. I was like, I just don't see this happening. It kind of took me out of it. it mm-hmm. I was like, this is unbelievable. Would this really happen?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, and and I did a little research, and obviously, like the things that were happening, I'm like, no, this no way would this ever happen. But I can see why it was added. Obviously, it did make things interesting. But if you're looking for plausibility or something really, really set in what could possibly happen, this probably won't do it for you. However, if you're looking to be entertained, if you are looking to put something in your ears while you're doing stuff around your house in the summer, I do think this could work because the journal takes place largely in summer. There's a lake. There's a you know a relationship. And there's some good reveals too. I really enjoyed pieces of it. If you're wanting something to be plausible, <laughs> then <laughs> probably not this. But she did just option this novel 2FX, which oh. I think is interesting. I could see that. I I would be tempted for sure. So I'm squarely in the middle on this one. Okay. Um, this is the murder rule by Dervla McTiernan.
0: Okay. Well, you Did I sell you or talk you out of it at all? You did not talk me out of it. No. Actually, I'm glad that you you gave us that setting, those setting details, because I'm still very interested and and I'm really interested in maybe holding off until I'm um, smack in summer because you yeah. said you know I I'm I'm there for the lake and the summer yeah. setting. Yeah. I think that that would be fine and I always like knowing ahead of time if I need like I'm I'm aware that I may need to suspend disbelief on a greater level. I, yeah. I think if I know that ahead of time, I don't think that that doesn't alter anything for mm-hmm. me. Like as far as like, I'm still interested, but I'm yeah. glad you said that because now we know mm-hmm. it's absolutely not a spoiler of any sort. It's almost like, okay, just know that this is part of the story.
1: I think it's setting up ex- proper expectations, right. not to say that I'm like this, you know, expert on what's plausible and what's not. There's not like flying horses or anything crazy. <laughs> it's uh-huh. just certain things I was like, mm, "All right, cool. I'll go with it whatever. It was entertaining um and
0: yeah, I like how it came together, but Okay. No, I'm curious about that. All right. Well, let's get into our book talk. I'm this was kind of my like these I this topic came to me um on my walk this week and I wanted to chat with you about things that we like to know in advance and what don't we like to know in advance. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about that? I did. I did. So
1: you kind of, Renee prepped me a little bit yesterday about the question she wanted to chat about in book talk. And I was trying to decide, I don't have a solid answer for that. Um, And we'll, you know, we can share about that at the end, but I was really thinking, I'm like, am I a person that likes to know things in advance? And I think that i'm somebody that's okay with rolling with the punches i like surprises i'm not one that's like oh my gosh there's a present in the in the closet I know it's there I have to see it mm-hmm. like I can wait and see mm-hmm. i i don't mind that but there are some things that i
0: am that are too tempting for me to not look at okay I get that I'm the same with gifts if if mm-hmm. I know there's a present I don't need it I can wait. Uh-huh. Oh, my yeah, birthday same. or Christmas. I, I don't. Same. I don't it. know
1: why. <laughs> I know. John, on the other hand, is like, I bought this for you. Here, it's in the mail. Open it. And he's like That's handing it to me as is. it's coming in the door. Oh, really? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> well, funny. if we're
0: talking about books, okay, books and movies, two things I really, really love. Let's talk about what do you need or want to know in advance about books? What Let- reviews are we reading? Are you reading those in advance anymore? Ratings, the synopsis. What do you like to know in advance outside of the cover and title?
1: Sometimes nothing. Sometimes that's enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'll, you know, it depends on what it is, but I'll pick it up. Like, oh yeah, this, you know, sounds good. I rely heavily on the synopsis, I think. I used to do that less often before the podcast, but now when we're obviously looking up books and incorporating the synopsis into how we're talking about them, I do rely on them a little bit more than I used to. If I know a book's coming up, I try not to look at too many reviews. Definitely don't want to see detailed reviews. I could see a rating. Even that I don't want to see, though, Mm -hmm. because it will alter my thoughts. When I was talking about things that I could resist versus not resist, one thing that I can't resist doing. If a book that I'm reading that I'm like, am I liking this? Should I keep going? I can't help but look up reviews at that point. Not before, but when I'm in the middle of it, if I'm debating about whether or not I should finish, I will look up reviews. I did that for the murder rule. And I will say, I think it altered my enjoyment of the book because I was like, "My, my suspicions are confirmed. Okay, that's fine. You know? Oh, okay. Interesting.
0: What about you? Well, I am relying less and less on reviews and ratings. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't want to see, I think we've talked about that, I don't want to see ratings before I pick up a book because it's definitely impacting what I'm going into the book thinking. Reviews, I figured out that I avoid Goodread and Amazon reviews before I... Start a book, Mm -hmm. but I am not opposed, and I actually kind of enjoy. Like when I'm at the grocery, sometimes in line, I'll pick up people, and I'll just go to the book section, and I jump to maybe the last paragraph because that's where the reviewers there or Entertainment Weekly they they do a lot of book reviews online. In the last paragraph, they're basically just telling you what they think, and so I like to just let my eyes jump to that and see. Whether somebody is saying, oh, this was binge-worthy, this was a page-turner, I'm looking for those types of words that will will get my attention and make me think, oh, okay, this might be something that I would like. Even uh, websites like The Millions who put out a lot of upcoming previews, or I'm I'm looking for not reviews, but just buzzwords. And Same. I do I do Kirkus for that. That's kind of where oh, I'll okay. go.
1: And then I like Vice lately, mm-hmm. going there and seeing, because they do comps for the book, which I like, because I'm like, oh, if you like this, you you might like that type of thing. I enjoy, because it doesn't give you much about the book other than a vibe. That's what I want. I want to see the cover and a vibe. <laughs> That's yes. all I need to know. Like I don't want to know too
0: much going into it, because sometimes it's really fun when you get those reveals. It's very fun. And I know, and we've talked about blurbs. I'm really, I do enjoy a good blurb. Sometimes that's Mm -hmm. all I need, depending on what is said and who blurbed it.
1: I'm starting to pay attention more to those since we talked about it on the podcast. Before I would completely could say literally anything on the cover. I would never read it. (laughs) Like the little blurb on the front or whatever, even on the back. Like I would just, my eyes would just skip right over it. Now I'm starting to pay attention because you're right. It is a good way to get the feeling. It's a good way to get some other author ideas too. Mm -hmm. Like if you like this author, hey, this other person is probably comparable if they're blurbing
0: the book. So, there's some different book subscriptions out there, depending on what you like, if you like to know things in advance. So, page one, which I'm waiting on my last birthday shipment that you got me. I have had such a fun time being surprised. I have no idea what book they're sending me. That has been really fun. But then there's also book of the month or. Mm You know, there's other book subscriptions where you get you see the books and you choose what you want. Do you have a preference on if if you were going to do a book subscription? I know you you do or have done book of the month, but thinking about it with things like Page One, would you do you like being surprised? My gut says no, I want to know what?
1: I want the book. I want to know in advance. But then I think, what fun the anticipation mm-hmm. of seeing what they send you? Has to be the most fun. You know what I'm saying? And even then, I was thinking about my book of the month shopping habits. I mainly use it for books that I've already read that I want a copy on my shelves because I, you know, can get it like a what $11 or whatever hardcover or a book like the monthly pick if it's one that I already know about, like I've been anticipating. I do get spoilers. Like, I can't help if you're like anywhere on in the book space at all in certain Facebook groups, like you run into spoilers for a book of the month. And I do check them because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, cool, whatever. It's still exciting to see. I think I would like it though, if it was a random book, like, hey, here's your book for this month. But then when do you get to it? Right. But, like I would want it, like it would be, I like the idea of saying, okay, whatever they send me, I'm going to read it this month. I wouldn't <laughs> knowing,
0: <laughs> knowing me, I would not do that. But I like the idea of it. Yes. Well, I, I would say that. I haven't read my page one books yet, but I'm very excited to, to find out what you know, shows up on my porch. I I can't wait to open. I don't know. I do. I love the surprise element, but then I do. I don't know. I also like to be very prepared as far as l- I love knowing in advance what's coming. Like I mm-hmm. I'm all about what's coming this summer. I like doing that. I like checking on those types on books. I like to know when my favorite author or, well, I have more than one favorite author, but when do they have new books coming out? I like to know that in advance. Mm -hmm. I like to know about debut thrillers. I love coming across a good debut. And so debut thrillers are something I track closely. I like to know in advance when books are going to be optioned or have been optioned as movies because we're big Mm movie goers. But if there's a book for that movie, I want to read the book first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's
1: important. I don't. Yeah. And I can see that. I don't care because I don't watch movies. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of it. It always tempts me, though. Like I say I don't care. It's funny because I'm like, oh, it's been optioned. Lots of stuff has been optioned. Also, I probably won't watch it, <laughs> but I still like I'm excited. I'm like, oh, good for the author. That's cool. You know, unless I have like a particular affinity for the book.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm of the camp. The book is. Usually always better when Mm -hmm. it comes to movies. No, not. Now that's not a 100%, but usually. I don't care. It doesn't bug me either way. um, It doesn't bother me. Meaning
1: when I say I don't care, it doesn't spoil anything for me, but I also don't need them. Mm -hmm. I do like that they exist. And I like that. Storygraph does it to where they ask the people reviewing the book, hey, do you want to put down any trigger warnings? That way, if you are someone that wants to know trigger warnings going into a book, you can just look it up on Storygraph and see, okay, this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. Maybe I won't read it. Okay. For me, it doesn't sway me one way or the other. I don't have a a strong reaction if I see them, though.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think I lean more towards preferring not to have them. Mm -hmm. And that's why I tend not to give them Mm -hmm. because. I've been spoiled on too many, sometimes if there's a lengthy list of trigger warnings, I find that spoiling, but I will take notice. There are, my radar goes up big time. If I see um, animal, anything to do with animal abuse or something. And that makes me think twice, but I always, I guess when I tend to talk about books and Especially here, and especially now here on this platform, you know, I don't want to give a lengthy list of content warnings or trigger warnings, but, you know, I, I do want to try to always make note like there are things in this book. And if you want to know more, then message, email, yeah. and then I'm always happy. To Let people know and that's what I want to do like I would maybe just contact or like see if I could either dig a little deeper or if I know the person reviewing the book message them directly.
1: Yeah. And I get that, too, because I don't know what will trigger some people. I may not, things may not even ping my radar, you know, and that's why I don't want to be the one responsible for saying,
0: hey, you know, heads up Mm -hmm. for
1: this. That's why I would say, look it up. You know, there's StoryGraph. There's also an entire website. I think it's called Does the Dog Die? And what this website does is gives you, if you're like reading a book, you're like, oh, man, is this, it's TV shows, other media, whatever. It is crowdsourced and it will give you some Different types of emotional spoilers. Okay, yeah. interesting. So, yeah, that's does, does the dog die.com, which I think is such a great title because I know I've been reading, or what was it? Oh, no, it was Bad Vegan, where this woman, this dog plays such a huge role oh. in this woman's life. And mm-hmm. I was like, I swear, if this dog dies, I'm going to be pissed. Like, you need to warn me for that, you know? So, I kind of, uh, I appreciate this
0: website. Never heard of that. That mm-hmm. sounds really helpful. Okay. This is a good lead in for my first book because I have a question that I need to ask you regarding whether or not you want to know something in advance, which is the premise of the first book I want to tell you about. And that is The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. And this is a debut coming June 28th, way back in episode 38. This was my shelf edition. And I know I mentioned the fact that if I had that book at that time, I would read it immediately. Well, it took a little bit, but I finally got it. Ooh, it lived up to what I thought. So here's my question for you. Actually, let me tell you the setup for a second, a real, real quick one. And then I want to ask you a question. Um, I did have the audio for this um, along with the print. So I alternated Julia Whalen narrates in you absolutely can never go wrong with her. She does voices in such a way that I was convinced there was more than one person narrating this book. So here is what happens in the measure. One day on every doorstep across the world, people are opening their doors to find a wooden box. If there are two people in the house, however many people are in the house at the time, wherever you are, even homeless people, are, are getting a box. It doesn't matter. If you are under the age of 22, you will have a box. And people start opening these boxes and it very quickly realize that within this box holds the answer to the number of years you will live. People have to decide. Once they know what it is, because some people bring it in and they don't open, they're just like, I don't know what, like, I don't know who sent this. There's no indication where it came from. So some people don't open it. So my question to you, would you open the box? If you walk out on your front porch tomorrow and there's two wooden boxes there for you and John, do you open the box? Now let me ask. So I don't know anything about the box, or I do know what's inside.
1: What wave of it am I? You know what's inside. Okay, because if it's brand new, like if it's well, my answer's well, the same
0: either way. I'm opening it. You're opening it. I need to know. I'm okay. gonna look. Even I'm going if to it's look. even if you open your door and there is a wooden box and you are one of the people because this spreads like wildfire. The media mm-hmm. is on it. You know, the government is on it. Like it's, and I'll tell you all about that. But either way, you would open it. I would open it. I would open it. Okay. Okay. I would be hesitant because if there's no address or you don't, because we read a lot of thrillers. Like, yeah. what if you know? You never know what you're going to get in the mail. I would probably set it aside because I'd be paranoid about opening something that I didn't know where it came from. I would think it was a book. I would open it thinking it came from a publisher, oh, <laughs> and then I would be true. like, "Well, yeah, but crap. they always have no, they always have address and
1: they have it." I open stuff all, like I opened one of John's packages yesterday because I just I was like, "Oh,
0: box." <laughs> so I'm the worst. Okay. Well, here's the interesting thing about this book because even if you open your box you won't necessarily know what it means it does mm-hmm. not give you so here is what here's what's in the box it's a string okay that's it mm-hmm. okay and it's a, it turns out that remember you're in different time zones everybody in the world is getting this so by the time It reaches your time zone, and by the time people have, they quickly figure out what those strings mean, and little by little by little, but also in a very fast way, everyone knows what these strings mean, and the length of your string is the amount of years that you will live. When I say, I don't read a lot of high-concept books because i thought initially this was going to be really simple this is not simple but it's also very easy to understand so you have to go with it it is it is very much a like this your mind is going to be working in overtime but you're going to be super entertained at the same time because as, as society and communities and people across the world open these boxes, parts of society come together, and the others completely crack and Along the way, the author has given us a an unforgettable cast of characters to follow, which is brilliant. So you have best friends, you have people in marriages, you have partners, you have pen pals you have a doctor, and you have a politician. Everybody has different strings. And the way that the, the concept works is they have technology available that you can input your string, the length of your string, into this technology. Like think an app. Think something you know on your browser, like a website that you go to, and it will initially tell you within two years of your age when you will die. So if you are 40 and your string shows you 44, then it becomes like you're you're considered a short stringer. <laughs> and so society so society begins to split in between long stringers and short stringers. Mm-hmm. And yep. can I just tell you I had absolutely no idea the amount of when you initially hear that you're like, "Huh, interesting." But can you imagine the the ramifications and implications and consequences of this in our world as it exists today? Mm-hmm. Right. And right? So they're going people are going to find a way to exploit this. Oh, that was my thought. For sure, in ways I hadn't had like I hadn't even thought of and it makes for page-turning reading because For example, you have people in a marriage and they don't agree on whether or not to open their box. And so then you've got relationships becoming strained. And then, so I know I mentioned no one under 22 uh, gets a box.
1: Oh, I was wondering why you said 22 Yes, no
0: one under 22 Mm -hmm. gets a box. When you turn 22, a box will show up. So you have parents not wanting their kids to open the box. You have kids destroying their boxes without opening because, but then you have parents who want their kids to, uh, it's a complete, it becomes a complete mess. And it makes for fascinating reading because things get so complicated. You have countries like China who start to put governmental rules and laws into effect that people have to open up their boxes and register what was in them. I mean, I'm sharing all of the, and believe me, this is just the tip of the mm-hmm. plot iceberg because there's so much to take in and process, and it's page turning. It's bittersweet. It's a premise that makes you think and makes you constantly throughout the whole book try to figure out what would you do? Well, what would, right? Gosh, what would you do in yeah. this situation? What would you do in this situation? It felt very, Like on another level, the writing was excellent. The audio narration was excellent. And really, I binged this. Book clubs, get ready. Because I think if you're looking for a summer pick for your book club, I mean, it has to be this. This would be just the best, the best, because it's unlimited conversation. Right. I can totally see if I'm going to pick a celeb Book club to pick this book. I can see this as a a Good Morning America pick. I think it would fit really well within that. Throw it in your beach bag, throw it in your pool bag, because I think everyone's really going to like this. And I'm excited to start to see other people's thoughts and opinions Mm -hmm. and reviews come in on this. And I want to hear what other people think when they explore the question if we could. Should we measure the time we have left in our lives? And what do we do with that? So that was The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. Yeah,
1: this book sounds so awesome. And yeah, for sure, I'm going to read it. I'm like still debating my answer, even though, and, and I'm not sold, and there's so many ramifications. There's so many like ways that this can go. And yeah,
0: I don't even know if I, I know I said I wouldn't open it initially, but once I heard what was going on in the world, I don't think I would open mind, period. Yeah. That's where that's where I really landed. That's where you landed. I don't think I would. I think it would cause me too much mental anger. I don't know. Even because I don't know. If you even if you've got, you know, a long string and other what about the others in your life that could have Mm -hmm. short string? Oh, this book will my brain was like on overload. And I think I'm still going to be processing this and thinking about it, and now I don't have anyone to talk to about it, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, a downfall of reading it's not, early. I bet this book
1: blows up, though. Yeah,
0: you'll be hearing about this. I'm but sure. I need to talk about it. Okay, um, enough from me. What do you have first?
1: All right, so my first book that I'm bringing for Summer Preview is The Lies I Tell by Julie Clark. And this is one of those, an author I love, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to (laughs) wait. I need to read this as soon as possible. But this comes out on June 21st. I didn't know anything about this. I didn't even read the synopsis. I knew it was a con story because it kind of, you can tell by the cover. But this is crime fiction that I really liked. The setup is great. You have a con woman and a journalist who are both dead set on revenge. So Meg Williams is a con artist who makes herself into whomever she needs to be to get what she wants, whether it be a college student, a life coach, a real estate agent, whatever. Nothing about her is real, except for her hatred for this man named Ron. He is the man that her mom married who caused them to lose everything. Meg has returned to LA after being gone for 10 years, and she is looking for revenge on what happened to her a decade ago. Then you have Kat Roberts. And Kat is a down-on-her-luck journalist who has her own desire for revenge against Meg. And she has been waiting for Meg to return for years, kind of keeping tabs on her, keeping an eye out and trying to figure out what she's up to. And now that Meg's back, Kat is determined to be the one to expose her. And Meg doesn't know who Kat is, but Cat finds ways to get closer and closer to Meg until the two are so wrapped up with each other, we're not sure who is conning who and who knows what's going on. I thought this book was perfect for summer. Its chapters are short, so it is flash forward. You're kind of tearing through this book, and it's fast paced but not ridiculous, which is some of my very favorite books to read in the summer. I thought LA as a city was very present. And I loved the real estate aspect because Meg's posing or as a real estate agent she actually is a real estate agent in this persona. It was so fascinating. It gave me a little bit of Selling Sunset vibes. If anybody watches that show, I was like, "Wait a minute, I'm in a thriller, but like tell me more about this mansion." The structure is excellent and the author plays a lot with different timelines and different point of views, so I was trying to feel, I'm like, "Oh, what's going on here?" So I took notes though. Didn't feel lost. I really trusted in that everything was going to come together. My favorite part was the ending, and I don't always say that. I thought it was so satisfying. I really liked this author's last book, The Last Flight, and I thought The Lies I Tell was just as good. And what it does, it's got that same appeal. It's got fully fleshed out, strong female protagonists that get under your skin. Even if you don't agree with what they're doing, they get under your skin and you're like, wait, how is this going to end for them? If you like con stories, this is a very, very good one to add to the subgenre. This book was The Lies I Tell by Julie
0: Clark. Oh, Yeah, that is on my list. When did you say that's coming out? That one comes out on June 21st. Okay, not too far. Yeah, I like the sound
1: of all of that, especially cons. I would be curious to hear how it is on audio because I only read it because it's not available or it wasn't available when I read it.
0: Okay, I bet it will be good. Um, Yeah, I think so. I liked her last book, too. Okay, my next book is Last Summer on State Street by Toya Mm -hmm. Wolf, and this is coming June 14th, and like I mentioned, it's also a debut. This is a coming-of-age debut set in the housing projects of Chicago during the summer of 1999. Now, Mm -hmm. it does alternate to present day, so... The main character is Felicia Fifi Stevens, and she narrates this story. And I really liked that you get both. You get her as an adult. She's narrating this from a time as an adult, which is one of my favorite ways of having a, a narrator tell us the story. You have Fifi. She lives with her mother and her older, teenaged brother. And they are in one of Chicago's Robert Taylor homes, Now, this is, like I said, the summer of 1999, and the Chicago Housing Authority is tearing down building after building after building, and they're all worried about what's going to happen to their building and their community and their family, and Fifi has a couple best friends. One is Precious. Her name is Precious, and the other is Stacia. Now, Stacia is the daughter... Of a local gangster, a local gang leader, a drug. There's a lot of drug dealing in her family. But for these girls, and here's the com- the coming of age comes in here. They get together after school, and they play double Dutch, and they, they go to the corner store for snow cones. And it, there's yes. that nostalgia aspect of childhood and early adolescence. And so you definitely get pulled in and i really wanted to know what was going to happen to fifi because also because she is narrating from a time in the future the author did such a good job of having fifi say well looking back i wish i would have known this i wish i would have noticed that or i missed the the red flags for this and so we know that something happens and it involves a mysterious friend named Tanya who Fifi brings into their mix one day because she feels sorry for Tanya. Fifi is smart, and she she is very observant about about those around her, and she realizes that Tanya doesn't either seem to have a family or her family is not taking care of her, so she invites them in as soon as she or invites her in as soon as she does the dynamic between the friends changes. And also you've got what else is going on outside of them trying to be children and have a a fun childhood. The backdrop is you have gang violence, you have drug dealing, you have so much gun violence and all of this is going on. And these girls have to try to deal with it. They'll be on the playground playing and gangs will start to have a, have a, a war and then they will have to run. They have a whole thing that they have to do that they know to do when shots, when they start to hear gunfire Mm -hmm. and man, it was, it was at times tough to read and yet I couldn't stop reading. I alternated between print and audio. I mainly stuck with the audio on this one. This is a very character driven debut story, but it is not slow. It is never slow. It's actually a very fast read in like time and page length and what I really loved was the way the author was able to give us so much suspense but also keep me invested in all of these characters especially Fifi's mother I felt for her she was very vigilant she was she may have been considered you know a strict mother but she was trying to keep her kids safe and her brother, who's older, who was an older teen, the gangs were trying to force him into picking a, a side and joining them. And I was worried, and you have to read to find out what's going to happen, and it, if he does choose to go with the gangs. And if so, what what is the turning point that could lead him into that? This is a book to read, yes, if you enjoy coming of age, definitely. Mm-hmm. If you're like me, I love a a coming-of-age story, but I also like to be challenged into this was a completely different type of childhood than what I had. And it's eye-opening. It makes you think. It's bittersweet. This is the type of story that I like. I loved how she combined nostalgia with very darkness at times. And she did it in a really gripping way. There wasn't really anything that I didn't like about this. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're in the That's mood, if, you, if you're in the mood for coming of age, you know. It didn't feel YA to me. It really didn't. I mean, I could be wrong. That could just be me, but it did not feel YA to me. I really, really like this book. It's Last Summer on State Street by Toya Wolfe.
1: Oh, yes. This one's definitely on my radar. I love the cover and a debut, Chicago. Like, yeah. of course, I'm going to read this. And it's short. It's only a couple. It is short. It's like six
0: hours or so on audio. Or less. Well, I, I do a faster speed, so. So it was like 12 <laughs> minutes for Renee. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it was maybe, I finished in maybe four
1: okay. or so. wow. But I do yeah, listen,
0: great. you know, I do listen faster, and I did have the galley too. But the cover initially, the cover and title... Is what, and, and the fact that I knew it was coming of age, that's mm-hmm. what initially drew me in. And you can't tell, it is a great cover and it's colorful. You can't tell that there's quite a bit of darkness to this story. And I actually liked not knowing that because a lot, yeah. a lot of what happened in the story, I had no idea. I kind of knew because I'm obviously
1: familiar with Chicago. So I was like, oh, yeah. State Street, Robert Taylor Holmes. I know what's oh, going okay. on. Oh, okay. See, I, yeah. yeah, I didn't or know. Or I can anticipate where this is going. It's 1999. So okay. i like, yeah, I got I to
0: take a look at this one. I think you will like it. Well,
1: speaking of dark, let me tell you about The Last Housewife by Ashley Winstead. This one comes out on August 16th. The only thing I knew about this one, there are quite a few reviews out there already, but everyone keeps saying, this is dark, this is dark. Yes, I do think that is true. And I do appreciate in this one, the author put the content warnings uh, right at the opening of the book. So it kind of lists, hey, if you're not interested in this, this, and this, don't read this book. They phrase it differently, (laughs) but it is pretty obvious. uh, You can see like what vibe this is going to be. This is another book from an author that I love. I loved her book, In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife. It was one of my favorite thrillers last year. And this one is very good, but very different. This book is about Shay Evans. She is a married woman living in a luxe suburb of Dallas who is trying to outrun her past. So, while she was in college in upstate New York, she and her best friends met a captivating, complicated, seductive man who basically got them to believe in this web of lies that he was telling them about the way the world worked. To the point where they moved in to his mansion, were living with him, all of this. And by their senior year, only Shay and her best friend, Laurel, managed to escape. It's eight years later when this book picks up, and Shay's gotten pretty good at keeping things buried. But then she hears the horrifying news that her friend Laurel has died. And it doesn't look like it was an accident. And she suspects that the man and the things that she thought were buried are still very much alive. So she found out that Laurel had died while listening to her favorite true crime podcast, which just happens to be hosted by her best friend growing up, Jamie. So Shay heads back to New York on a whim, tells her husband, I'm going to New York. I have writer's block. I'm gone. And he's like, "Okay, whatever, because he's this hedge fund manager who is always working anyway. So she goes to New York. This is a place she swore she would never return to, but she is there because she's convinced this man who manipulated them is behind it. I will admit, this is hard to read. Did I enjoy it? Yes, I think so. But it was very hard to read because I kept thinking about women that are in relationships like this. So what we get, Shay agrees to be interviewed for this podcast. And it was awesome because it'll kind of intersperse the action of figuring out what happened to Laurel with Shay's story from college, what happened to them, and how she got involved in this relationship. It's disturbing, but it really, it's not that it was gruesome. It was disturbing because these things exist, but she, the author did such a good job of painting the picture of how people get caught up in cults or in manipulation and gaslighting. I actually preferred the second half to the first. Once I knew what what had happened to the women in college, I was like, okay, now we can take that and move forward. So I actually enjoyed even the second half better. It kind of went fast after we got out of college, there were lots of good reveals on this one, and I, I was glad that it wasn't salacious for the sake of being scandalous because she does introduce a lot of complicated issues with care, like issues of gender, of power, of coercion, of consent, of manipulation. If you like dark stories, if you like cult stories, go for it. You'll enjoy this. It's very, again, I want to say it's very well-written, and Ashley Winston, I think, has a PhD. And you can tell. I think it's in literature because there's actually like a, a literature theme woven in. And it was very smart. Absolutely very smart. I will give anything she writes a chance. <sighs> Did I love it? I, I thought I think I was expecting five stars slam dunk like knock me out kind of reading. Um, I was just uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't I'm not happy here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be in this book. <laughs> and and I guess that's a compliment because, you know, if you want a book that will make you feel absolutely, I think this one will do it. Again, still, I think I'm somewhere about four stars with this one. I, I think I enjoyed it. I cannot see this being adapted. I can't imagine this being on screen. So I'm, I guess I'm ambivalent. I don't know. I don't know where to end this. Great cover. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. This book's The Last Housewife by Ashley Winstead. Wow. I don't know how to. I don't know how
0: to. Anyone who's wondering how or why you were so uncomfortable? Like, I'm curious. All right. I need to pick me up. (laughs) Yeah. You need to go to the zoo and see some cute animals and see cute Lily in the wagon. (sighs) Send me a picture. Let me bring this home with my shelf edition. I'm super excited. It is Geiger by Gustav (gasps) Skordman.
1: Oh my gosh, I want this book so bad. Tell us about it. I
0: literally just got it this morning. Oh, you got it. I just got a copy this
1: morning. I've had this damn thing and screenshot it in my phone because every time I see it, I'm like, oh, oh, this
0: sounds so good. Tell us about it. It's out now, so we can all go start it. And it's a debut, a debut thriller. Just what I love. Okay, you have a seemingly perfect family. And this is early summer. Oh, summer thriller set in Stockholm. So I think we're getting that um, Scandinavian noir that I really love. And you have an older couple, Agneta and Stellan Broman. They have been married for 50 years. One day they say goodbye, they wave off their daughters and grandchildren, and then their phone rings, landline to be exact. And the caller says just one word, geiger Agneta hangs up finds her gun and kills her husband of 50 years oh my god <laughs> i cannot like this gives me goosebumps to t- i'm like mm-hmm. what i have absolutely have to know more and then she proceeds to disappear without a trace cut to a police officer named sarah and She is called in by one of her colleagues who, and her colleague is investigating the murder. Turns out Sarah grew up next door to the bromans and she is friends, you know, knows both the victim's daughters, knows them. Whether or not she keeps in touch with them, I don't know, but she decides to help in the investigation, even though she's not supposed to. And apparently, that's the beginning of a dark journey that's going to go back to the Cold War, fatal ideologies, and the truth about Sarah's own childhood. Now, this is being billed as exciting, compelling, and full of twists we'll never see coming. And I will never not be tempted by that tagline mm-hmm. <laughs> ever. That's Geiger by Gustav Skordman. Oh man! I look. This cover is really good too. It's just like a phone. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's like tartan, well, a landline. Like it's a
0: landline phone. It's a, it's phone, a landline phone on a cord. Phone.
1: Oh, which Renee was like a landline. I don't. I was. I I'm used in.
0: To, uh, believe me, I remember the days when I talked on the phone with the cord. Hey, I had a cord too. Although <laughs> um,
1: I think we had a cordless. Anyway, <laughs> that sounds really good. I'm very excited about yes. that. This it's funny cuz my shelf edition this week is also from Harper Is that Did you find it on the crime website?
0: You know, I have no idea where I found it. It's from Goodreads website.
1: Okay. No, never mind. no. Maybe I did get it off Novel
0: Central. It's suspects. on their website.
1: Yeah, cuz that's where I saw it on their because thing. Because when first. The,
0: when it came through on my net galley this morning, I was like, oh. I totally forgot that I requested this, but then yeah. I once I saw the cover, I'm like, oh, I yes, yes, yes. But yes. I, you're probably right. I did get it. I probably did get it off. Novel yeah. suspects. Okay. So My Shelf
1: Edition is Hokula Road by Elizabeth Hand. And this one is another summer release. It comes out on July 19th. What grabbed my attention for this one, it is a thriller set in Hawaii, which I literally have never, I don't think I've ever read a book set in Hawaii, which is sad. But this is a haunting and atmospheric mystery, perfect for fans of White Lotus. And it's about a young man who is trying to restart his life and basically takes a job on the island or in Hawaii And he's drawn to the island's dark secrets, and he wants to get away from his small town in Maine. So he's on a flight to Hawaii, and he's going to be living in this remote mansion on the legendary Hokula Road. And You know I love a remote mansion, a creepy house. Like, what's going on? What happened? So he doesn't have a ton to do, and he basically settles into this routine and— It's uh, slowly revealing a lesser-known side of the island's reputation. It seems it has long been a place where people go missing. When the next to disappear is Jesse, a young woman from his flight in. He becomes determined and then desperate to figure out what happened to her and to all of those staring out from the lost posters that paper the island. I'm like, spooky. So this one is horror. It's like a horror thriller, I think. So I'm not sure how much horror or supernatural elements play a role, but... This sounds really good. I love the cover. Love the Hawaii setting. And this one was Hokula Road by Elizabeth Hand. Oh, that sounds interesting. Okay, well, that's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help us by following us wherever you listen and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get our show out to new listeners and grows our audience. And don't forget, if you would like access to exclusive bonus content, you can join us for $5 a month on patreon.com slash booktalk, etc.
0: Feedback and questions about the show can be sent to booktalk, etc. at gmail.com. You can also connect with us both at booktalk, etc. on Instagram, Tina at TBR, etc. and me, Renee, at itsbooktalk. Talk Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember... Everything's better with books.
1: We just bought a, st- uh, a wagon today for the zoo. Oh, yo, these things cost. Uh, this was like a two hundred dollar wagon, and this like it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's got to cover all this stuff, but they're like three, four hundred. There's like a thousand dollar wagon. Oh I'm like, God. guys, what the hell? <laughs> John was like, what's wrong with these wagon people? <laughs> I'm oh like, I gosh. don't know.